Chapter Five of Miss Frances Baird, Detective. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Felony. What is it? Ambrose Kemp was halfway across the room before I could reply to his question, and then I was only able to gasp. The diamonds. He altered his course and made straight for the center table. He took up the jewel box and eyed its contents critically. Then he turned to me, frankly mystified. The diamonds. He repeated. What about them? they've been stolen but here oh those things those are paste can't you see listen i shot a quick glance past the doorway to make sure that no one was within earshot and that determined proceeded i was in my room i heard the bladesdale girl and someone she called larry lawrence fredericks of course talking out there on the little balcony it seems they are in love but he's poor and she's been forced somehow into this match with neen for his cash i suppose I heard Frederick say he needed only ten thousand dollars to become a rich man himself. Then my rocking chair got on a loose board, and he suggested that someone must be taking the diamonds, but Miss Bladesdell pooh poohed that, and went downstairs. I heard Frederick start for his own room, and then come back towards this one, and not wanting to be caught where I was, jumped behind the door. He walked lightly and didn't seem to stop. When he turned away I came out, looked at the jewel case, and found there'd been an exchange kemp's little black eyes narrowed you're sure he asked tensely that there's been an exchange perfectly i examined those stones before and after but fredericks did you see him no the crack in the door looks the other way but of course there's no room for doubt on that point come we must hurry but kemp seemed to see no necessity for haste not at all he said you know something about diamonds don't you miss baird yes and you say this is a good imitation excellent whoever made it must have been a wonderful workman and must have had ample chance to study the originals at his leisure then don't you follow me there's not the slightest need to hurry any thief who took the trouble of having the imitations made would have done so only because he didn't expect to run away at once perhaps he doesn't expect to run away at all anyhow it's a risky thing to arrest a gentleman who is a guest in another gentleman's house and so we must be sure of our ground before we take any decisive action but i tell you i exclaimed there can't be any doubt about the matter kemp paused and began to eye me in the manner i so thoroughly detested i'll tell you what there can't be any doubt about miss baird he said at last there can't be any doubt about what the chief will say to-morrow when you tell him that those diamonds were stolen from under your very nose i smiled what do you mean by that pray i asked as nonchalantly as i could i mean that if mr watkins ever hears of this it spells dismissal for you well, of course, it probably did. There was no blinking that. It made me feel rather faint, and I fancy my smile was now somewhat sickly. But, I temporized, he has to hear it sooner or later, doesn't he? Kemp looked me steadily in the eye for a moment. Then his own glance fell, and he began aimlessly to finger some bits of cut glass on the table beside him. He spoke slowly. That's just the point. Does he have to hear of it at all? the fellow came a step nearer to me and tried to put his hand on my own look here you must know how i feel about you miss baird if you'll marry me no one need ever know anything about this at all you understand diamonds and you say the imitation's perfect well by the time the counterfeit's discovered days may have passed anyhow time enough to let us out completely come what do you say there were a good many things that i would have liked to say among others i would have liked to say yes and then merely to corner him withdraw my promise when we were well out of the scrape just because i'd know he couldn't tell then 
and it would give such pleasure to see him in a hole. But that course was out of the question. In the first place, Mr. Deneen, although so limited a man in many respects, was yet one of whom it was reasonable to suppose that, owning such jewels, he must know at least enough about diamonds to discover the counterfeit in pretty short order. And, in the second place, duty may not amount to much in this world, but business certainly does, and I found it a pretty good substitute for the rarer article. So I had just let Mr. Kemp run on, to see exactly how far he would go, anyhow, and when he had quite finished I began. What do I say? Well, I say this, sir. We're detectives employed to take care of Mr. Deneen's diamonds, and Mr. Deneen's diamonds have been stolen. But I got no further than that, though I could even then see by his shifty eyes that he knew what was coming. In our excitement we had forgotten the open door, and from that there now came a low voice that made us both wheel about like soldiers ordered to attention. The diamonds have been stolen? Young James Deneen was standing at the door. End of chapter 5